Hey y'all, how are we doing today? Hope you guys have been having a, a great day, great evening, whenever you're listening to this. <sighs> Today's episode is a bit, I would say, unstructured or, um, to how I would like it. It's not up to the mark to how structured I want it to be, how usually my episodes are. But today we're kind of freeballing stuff, you know, because I know what I'm going to talk about. I kind of have things jotted down, but it's not as structured as it usually is and how I usually like it to be. So if it just, if it goes somewhere else, just keep an attention to it because I've been doing, I've been planning on talking about this topic for a long time. I think I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes as well so this is very exciting for me i've been actually quite busy this past week um i don't know if i'd have told you guys this but i'm kind of launching my own brand i don't know i don't know i don't know let's see wait i am like it's not let's see but it's just like we'll see where it takes us but yeah for the past week or so i've been just at it for a while like literally all my hours of the day are being put into working on this so excited for you guys to see it it's gonna launch on may 16th which is actually when this episode will come out so ooh, oh i did not oh i did not think that okay so yeah when this episode comes out that's when this um clothing line is also coming out so yeah well i would pick tuesday my lucky day because there's a lot of fun stuff that happens on tuesdays anyways i'm excited for you guys to see it um you can follow my instagram actually the the clothing lines instagram is called adrit main apparel i'll spell it out for you main m-a-n-e apparel i always struggle to say that word okay a-p-p-a-r-e-double-l yes not a single l a double out so yeah that's that so i've been working on it so that's why i've been a bit busy so i wasn't able to put my 100 percent on this but i would i love to talk about it um 100 percent in the script of this so yeah this intro is way too long okay but whatever it's okay i need to give you guys context i need to tell you what's going on what's not going on in my life anyways i'm actually liking this kind of the first two lines that i said in the intro of this like the start of this podcast um i think it's been a good it's like i'm liking that intro situation that we have it 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 sounds cool i don't know anyways it's like i'm doing a routine each and every time i'm doing the same intro huh huh can we can we was my attempt to make a cool intro or like a segue successful i don't know okay i don't know that but whatever, but today, you know what we're talking about. I've mentioned it before. And so today, we're going to talk about comfort zones and routines. I've kind of combined those two things together because I feel I feel to a certain extent they go hand in hand. So it would be very easy to talk about both of them at the same time. So that's what we're talking about. And I think we should get on with it. okay routine what is routine um 
routine is something i mean we're all familiar with it routine is something that we it's basically repetition of a particular activity of a habit that we keep on doing it again and again over the course of days years months whatever that's what routine is now routine is i would say like I wouldn't say scary word, but it's a word that sometimes people refrain from using because according to some people, routine is like um, doing the same thing over and again and getting bored by doing it. Like it's a very, it's not your favorite activity when you're doing something like, oh, if you're doing the dishes, doing laundry, that's like a routine that you do every week or every day. And that's kind of like, that then associates to the fact that Oh, it's boring. I don't like it. And then that routine word is kind of stuck along with it. So to some people, routine is like, oh, it's boring. It's doing the same thing again and again and not feeling excited each time you do it, you know? But I would say routine is actually very important because being in a routine um, causes you to know what comes out of it. You're not thinking a lot. Your brain does enough thinking throughout the day. It has like 100,000 thoughts in its head. Even more than that, right? Only few we can comprehend and we actually say it out loud. But there are so many thoughts going on inside their head. So when you follow a good routine, you are eliminating that part of like thinking. And you're eliminating that, that overthinking that sometimes that you do. So it's just, it's so... I would say it's very important because you know what the outcome is going to be like. So you know that you will be happy. You know, it creates a mood. So, for example, if you do, if you're cooking, right? If you do like a habit of cooking every day or like every two days or every alternate day. And if cooking generally makes you happy, it's a hobby that really makes you happy when you do it. You don't have to think like twice before doing it you know it's going to make you happy and thus your mood is going to be changed. So if you have a bad day that morning, you come home, you you cook food, your mood is instantly lifted. You don't have to think twice about it. So routine has that kind of sense of comfort, you know, that, that gives you a little nice little cocoon. That whatever, if you follow that routine, you know you're going to be happy. You know, it will create a very happy mood in your head. So if you're having a bad day, It just makes life great. You know, your life doesn't auto shift to a YOLO mood. You know, like you you only live once. Like it does not go into that direction, which tends to cause you doing things that you never intend to. You know, that's what routine does. When your mood gets like disturbed or you're not happy, like someone spoils your mood. You know, you say that or something spoils your mood. It's not because like one bad thing happened to you. It's because a series of continuous like things that are bad that happens to you, which affects you. And it keeps on hammering like, oh, you're having a bad day. You're having a bad day. See, here's the proof. Here's the proof. Here's the proof. It's multiple things that kind of impose that idea. So what a routine does, it helps you from your mood being constantly disrupted, you know. It's the conscious choices that you make that dictate your day and not necessarily your 
your goals. You know, you're just saying if you follow this routine, your day is going to go good. It's not saying that, oh, your future is going to be stuck like this. No, it is going to help you organize your day so that it can go on to be, so they can have free time. You know, you can have time to do other things that you you like. So I would say routine is not a bad thing. I would say I do have a routine sometimes. It's very hard to follow a routine, actually. It's not that easy. It's, well, I, my mother used to say this, that if you do a particular habit, a good habit, for 21 days, it kind of sticks with you and it becomes like a habit. It becomes like a routine for you. So every day you just keep on doing it. So if you do anything for 21 days, it will stick on forever. I try to do it for 21 days. It never really works out. But it's just, it is what it, it never really works out. It generally doesn't, you know, and you regulate your daily actions. You tend to deactivate your fight or flight instincts, you know, which, which makes it difficult to, to deal with change. You know, people tend to enjoy their routines because their fear instincts are turned off long enough to actually affect them, which is a good thing. It's actually a good thing when you are so invested in your daily actions that your fight or flight is kind of disrupted. You know, not disrupted, it's switched off. You could say that. So then people are more prone to enjoying their routines because they're not overthinking unnecessary things. The thing is, it's good to overthink, but not unnecessary things. You are not supposed to overthink unnecessary things so that's what happens when people are so accustomed to that routine their fear instincts instincts just turn off and they don't think that oh is this good for me is this good for me because they know what the outcome is it's obviously going to be good for them it's not going to go any other way for them like it's gonna end up turning bad, and that's why they enjoy it it affects them in a good way that's why imagine like you're coming home from a, a very tiring day you come home, you take a shower, you do your entire routine, and then you sit down, order food, watch movie, like it's like the perfect, nice, cozy environment. You know when you tend to follow that kind of, in a way, it's a routine. So if you tend to follow that kind of routine, you know it's going to make you happy because that's what it has done for, and it will not do it any different in the future as well. You know, it's like routine tends to act as like, a feeling of safety, right? Especially for children. I think for children, it was a simple routine for like for us when we were in like middle school or something, like fifth grade or sixth grade or something. You know, you would go wake up like six a.m., get ready, go to school at seven thirty. You would do your entire like there was a period like periods and like timetable, and you would follow that. And you would come home, would have. Like, maybe, like, some kind of snack, you take a nice little nap, and then you do a bit of your homework, and then you go down to play with your friends, come back home, have a shower, have dinner, and, like, and then just go to sleep, right? That's what, that kind of routine kind of made us feel safe and kind of made us feel content, in a sense. And then when we turned into adults, 
it these routines gave us a purpose. We didn't feel idle, you know. And times, you know, especially during summer vacations when you're feeling like, oh, I don't have anything to do. That's because we don't have a stick routine that we used to follow when we were during the academic year, you know. So that kind of feeling of purpose is lost when there is no routine as such that we follow. But then during summer vacations, we don't really have a purpose. Because we're like, what are we supposed to do? We're just going to play, play, play all day. Like, what are we supposed to do? So that a routine gives to adults a feeling of purpose. You know, you feel content because you don't overthink it. You have done it before and it has always been good. So it's it's a similar case to um, when you're traveling. If I'm traveling to my friend's house, you know, I know her way to the house. Um, her way? No, I know my way to her house, like from my house to her house. If I'm traveling to a known place, I tend to feel more confident. It might have happened with you too. You tend to feel more confident because you know which way the road is going to go. Like, you know, if you need to take a left turn, you're going to take a right turn, go straight, go over the bridge. Like, you know all of this stuff. So you're less jittery, less overthinking. But whereas if you're going to an unknown place, you are overthinking so much. You're literally, like, zooming in in the map so much because you're scared. Like, if you want to go under the bridge, over the bridge, you don't want to mess up. It's that kind of overthinking that we tend to do. And it's just normal. That's what humans are. So when we follow a routine we tend to kind of put a hold to that overthinking. Overthinking is something that we all do. It's if, even if we don't want to accept it. There are some people out there who don't accept though. I don't overthink. I'm just I'm just chill. I'm like just vibing, you know? But then they they do overthink. They just don't say it. But that's I think that's good in a way. But we do overthink it. So when we follow a routine, we kind of put a hold to it. You know, we kind of turn the nap, sorry, no, turn the knob of the water, like the tap, kind of to slow. So whatever the water is coming out, it's slower than expected. That's a terrible example. Don't take it. But you know what I'm saying. Like you get the idea of it, right? Because a lack of routine is just a breeding ground for potential procrastination. You know, it gives us a, a place where we think it's okay to take breaks when in reality we have a deadline to cross you know we have a that's what procrastination is right and like hyper i saw a reel about it like i don't know the exact word for it but it's um it's like hyper something so what happens is you know you have a deadline at 12 for example you have a deadline at 12 for an essay you need to submit and you you got that like assignment last week but you kind of delay it because you're like oh i still have three days four days i still have that much time but then it comes to the day of the submission at 12 and you are like three hours before it you're like oh should i have to write this essay and you start driving and that's when your brain works much more better because you are on like a deadline and i've seen people who are tend to when they're pressured under pressure they work very well on pressure. Like they work super well. Like even better than they would actually work if they had a lot of time. And that just happens sometimes. But that's what procrastination is. And that's what happens when you don't have a routine. If you don't plan that if I have an essay due in a week, I should finish it and keep it ready. 
that's what happens when there's no routine you know you think it's okay to take breaks because but in reality you actually have a deadline that you need to submit you know success is is more of a product of a habit than it's a skill you know that's what i'd say it's not you don't learn to be successful it's just something you learn a particular thing again and again and again till you master it which makes you successful does that make sense success is more of a product of a habit than it's a, it's a skill you know so you don't learn to be successful it's not a skill that you acquire it's more something that you learn a habit so well you master it again and again and again till you have aced it which makes you successful in that field that's why you can't be successful in each and everything you have to be it's not you have to be but you are kind of not so good at particular thing you know you can't be good at everything because it's not a skill success is not a skill it's something it's a it's a habit you know you tend to do it so much again and again a particular that's why you're successful in a particular field you can't be successful at everything that's just that's a lie that's what a lie you're saying to yourself it's not i'm not trying to like put you down but that's facts and sometimes this kind of fact is helpful for people who think that oh i'm not doing anything with my life i feel a bit worthless this kind of fact helped them because it's a fact but they think oh this person is good at everything i should be good at everything too that's not usually the case there's at least one or other thing that they're not good at you just need to know that okay it's it's a self-esteem boost for some people you know it's so yeah let's get to the point success is something it's like about how well you can do it you know and in order to do it well it includes a blend of profound self-control disciplined routine and unwavering dedication that's what it's a blend of you know when these speakers and these uh, motivational speakers say um these speeches about success what they think success is i think this is something that they say again and then again again you need to be disciplined and have a disciplined routine you need to have self-control you know stop yourself from going in the wrong direction and dedication towards whatever craft you're devoting yourself to and you can be successful if you do all these things you can very much be successful you know they focus ridiculously on their skill and over time what happens is it it just becomes second nature to them you know just i can do it like you know the saying um i can do it and oh no it's it's i know it f- from the back of my hand it's i know it in hindi you made a bai hat ka killer i think that's what you said that i don't know how to say it in english so i'm sorry for that but it's just it what it means i'll tell you what it means it just means that i know it so well that my other dominant hand can perform it as exquisitely as my dominant hand can that's what it means okay yeah i am actually confused between what's by hot and die hot i'm guessing by hot is left hand and die hot is right hand but i'm always confused directions terrible don't never ask me for directions 
<laughs> You're going off topic. I told you, we will. But that's what it is. You know, there was a there was a study. Okay, back to point. There was a study in 1960s. Yes, um, there were a bunch of psychologists. They they had identified three specific stages um, that a person must go through in order to acquire new skills or acquire a craft that they are gaining expertise in. So what it was, there was three stages. So there was cognitive, associative, and autonomous. Okay, so cognitive was when we first learn about the task, what it is, what it does, why do we do it? And we start to kind of get our hands in it. We make mistakes and we ultimately devise new strategies which will help us perform better. Those strategies are tailored to our liking because sometimes we are not that well equipped enough to kind of grasp concepts as others do. Everyone has a different way of learning things. So you devise your own new strategies so that you can perform better in that task. Secondly comes associative. That's when the effort is still required to complete the task as successfully and efficiently, but it's less mentally strenuous than it was. It's like Sudoku. You can give a Sudoku example. When you do it for the first time, it's like a total mindfuck. Um, but, but when you do it, um, like when you keep on doing it, it kind of becomes second nature to you know, like, oh, this is going to come here. This is going to come here. Like you kind of, you get practice of it and you kind of get an idea. So this is what like happens in like the mid stage of it. You know, some, some aspects of the task are like, you kind of get it and it comes to you naturally, but there is actually significant less amount of mistakes that you make. And then comes the autonomous now that's where we go into autopilot it's like a flow you know we can we're not we we're not supposed to be no we cannot no we cannot know we can do the task without being fully focused on it like even if our half focus is on that task we can perform it efficiently and it's like you kind of set a program into your body and you're just like, you know, muscle memory. It's kind of like that. You know, you just you just get it. You see it and like, oh, yeah, I get what you do. It's like when you're solving maths, when you keep on practicing a similar type of problem again and again and again, when you see something like that on the exam, you're like, oh, this is what to do. Ta -da 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 -da. In five minutes, you solve it. So that's kind of what happens when it goes into automatic mode. It's like autopilot. You know, you know what to do. You can you don't have to be fully focused in it. Now, these two stages are there. But what happens is people tend to get stuck between the last two stages, which is associative and autonomous. Associative, you can do the task, but it's still need work, you know, still effort needs to be made. And autonomous is that it goes in autopilot. You know how to do it. You can put less focus on it and you can still get it done the way professionals do it. It's like you're, you're an expert at it, okay? People get stuck between these two phases, okay? Because, because they're tired or they can, they're like fed up. They're like, why am I not already good at this? Like, do you, sometimes people do second guess. They're like, I'm not good at this. I can't, I like, 
what should I do? Like, it, it's not happening. Like, I'm, I'm trying to do it. I'm practicing. I put so many hours into it. But it's just not coming out the way I expect to do. Like, I have done the task so many times. You know, I feel I've done it so many times. But my expectation is, like, miles away from how I am currently doing it. That's called a creative gap. That's what happens when... I wouldn't say, like, you don't put enough effort, because according to you, from going to putting no to little effort, from going from there to putting in so many hours to it, it can feel a lot of hour, like a lot of effort. But for other people, people who are experts in that particular field, for them, that's, like, similar to putting no to little effort. So the stage that you are in right now, where you have put in so many hours to it, for experts in those fields, they'll be like, that's nothing. Like, you you have to do more. And that kind of makes you fail. You're like, what the hell? And I think I kind of relate to this to a certain extent, to the fact that goes that you can never learn music. And, you know, wait, let me form it correctly. You can never fully learn music. Like, every day you will learn something or the other thing new. And especially with the advances that is happening in music right now, you can never like fully learn, learn it. Like you will always half learn it, not half learn it. So you will like, you will always think that you've learned it, but then next day you'll be like, oh, you can do this too. And you're like, oh, really? So it's just, that's what sometimes happens. Cause I'm like, I need to, I love to know it all, especially about the fact about things that I really like and I really, I'm fully invested in about things like that. I really love to just know everything about it and be like an expert on it. But what um, learning music has taught me is that I can't never fully learn it. I will learn something each and every day. I can't fully know everything and I should be okay with it. That's just, that's just what it taught me. I need to be okay with the fact that I might not fully know everything and I should be open to learning every new thing that I can get my hands on so learning music has really taught me that and it just kind of relates to this this study that we're talking about you know that creative gap is something that many of us even I am in that creative gap like I kind of know it but I don't fully know it so I'm kind of in that creative gap and trying to work on myself and that's just what we need to do we need to work on stuff again and then again again so it's just a matter of having the commitment to to keep going despite the harmless discomfort that it provides us with speaking of discomfort let's talk about comfort zone <laughs> terrible segues anyways but comfort zone it's something that you like to stay in that in that circumference of a circle you like to stay in that because you know that if you go outside of it or you actually think that if you go outside of it only bad things will happen and things will not work out the way you want to and you are kind of scared to what the outcome will come out if you do something that's out of your comfort zone but for not breaking your comfort zone is like road blocking your happiness 
Because what happens is right now in your comfort zone, you're in your comfort zone, you think you're happy. You're like, oh, I'm happy right now. But that's like only a level. You think you're happy to this level only. You could be happy more. You No, you could be happy more. No, you could be more happy if you stepped out of the comfort zone. But you don't know that. Because you think, oh, this is the highest level of happiness that I can get. After this, anything, only bad things will happen. So I need to protect my happiness, you know? I can't, like, fully embrace it. But this is only the happiness that you know about. There could be more happiness out there. You just need to, to get out of your comfort zone. You, know? you need to practice that healthy discomfort. You know, that fight or flight and thing that we talked about. You kind of need to be more instead of deactivating it completely you need to keep it in like third gear i don't know about cars but you need to be like keep it like you can instantly switch it like keep it on your next gear you can each instantly switch to it it should not be completely foreign to you the idea of having a fire or flight insert that kind of idea should not be foreign to you at all it should be in your next gear you know your hand should be on the gear at all times and if if something happens you can just switch it right so you need to practice that kind of healthy dis discomfort you know you need to learn to lean into your stress and not necessarily resist it because you are in indirectly stopping yourself from maybe potentially getting more happier than you currently are and who doesn't want more happiness think of it that way you know we don't want to we don't want to step out of that bubble because sometimes we are overthinking as well. Because we are like, what will people say, you know? And we think, oh, will that make a good life story? Like, if I could sit down with my grandchildren when we come old, can I say that as like, oh, it's something that I did. It was marvelous. Like, will that be a good story to say to my grandchildren to say, okay, let's not talk grandchildren. But to say to my grandchildren or say to my friends after i meet them at like 10 years you know my longest friends if i tell them all of this would that be a good life story we tend to overthink things like that and we should not do it we should not overthink it that much and sometimes it's second nature to some people you know because if you have time to be regularly consumed by irrational thoughts, then you need to divert your focus, okay? Focus more on something else that you love, more towards work, more towards suffering. Make sure that you're living more than you're thinking about living. Because then, before you die, before you're dead, aren't you supposed to be alive? Aren't you supposed to be living it before dying? So it's just make sure you're living more than you're thinking about living. You know, the thinking is going to be a killer for us because sometimes we overthink so much that it affects us not only mentally but physically as well. It, get, it gains a toll on us and we tend to lose purpose sometimes. You know? When we think there is purpose for our pain the discomfort dissolves it tends to dissolve 
when we're more invested in the in the outcome of the task that we don't really like it turns out from being annoying to an, uh, to a great opportunity i think that's like that's like a very such a common like movie plot um like a subplot not an entirety of it but subplot um that exercise this idea there are so many movie subplots that exercise this idea i think it just let me give like a super bland example you know like there are some movies where like there's like a single 50 year old or 45 year old guy you know who's living alone living life on his own he's depressed but he doesn't want to accept it suddenly a baby drops at his doorstep that's not really what happens but i'm just giving self context so i'm just giving a bit of context giving an example so baby doors at the doorstep he thinks well what should he do is he tries to get rid of the baby but all his ways fail and he just ends up keeping it with himself at first dealing with the baby is annoying because he has never done it it feels uncomfortable for him it's out of his comfort zone so it's just it's 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 annoying to him it's like oh it's a burden for him but then when he sees the joys the little joys that he get that he never ever um experienced before the baby it kind of changes him you know he kind of has a, he has a different attitude toward this whole situation and he enjoys it it's an opportunity for him to be happy that's a kind of a very it's it's a common subplot that you might have noticed many times in a movie you know something is like annoying to this one person but then that person just turns out to be changed towards the end of the movie because they love it like even in last of us have you seen the last of us if you have you know joe when he was told to um when they he and i i forgot the girl's name but the girl not the small girl the girl who then dies at the beginning of the journey him and her when they were assigned to um send bella ramsey um to like the headquarters of fireflies you know should the that's just like far away that seemed annoying to joe at first but then towards the end of it i'm sorry this will be a spoiler for you if you've not seen and you can kind of skip a bit but when towards the end of it when he has to part ways with her he can't handle it and what happens is um he can't handle being away from her so he kills everybody there cuz you well he also realizes that they're doing they're going to kill her and it hurts because he has formed such a strong bond with her so it hurts that oh he's going to kill he um people are going to kill her so he just revolts against the entire fireflies people in the entire building and saves her so obviously there was a motive of saving her cuz they were going to kill her in a sense just to attract the antidote but he did that because he loved her and at first he had no sort of connection to her he was not even connected to her but then as they spent time together they saved each other it was like a fr- it was like a father and daughter relationship so it's a very common subplot and that's just it's so it depicts the idea of 
stepping out of your comfort zone so well, but like so subtly at the same time. You know, you'll never really kind of notice it. You know, and yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's a good. I love that reference. I'm so happy I made that reference. Oh my god, it's on the spot by the way. I'm so happy. <laughs> we tend to care more about comfort than we do about change. You know, we would rather rather remain moderately uncomfortable than deal with the uncertainty that there is some real change happening in our life. You know, it can also be the submissive part of you that the society has kind of indirectly imposed on you. Unknowingly. That's just let things go even if it like kind of discomforts them. Like of of if someone is cutting the line. You know, some people tend to not say anything. Some do. Some make a whole scene out of it. But some tend to not say anything because they're like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. They're just doing that. And that kind of hints to the fact that even if it bothered them, they're just too shy to say it. And that's what happens with some, like, introverts sometimes. You know? And these are just unknowing things that, that we do. You know, people who do speak out about things like these, or extroverts as we kind of group them into, they are known as outgoing and outspoken stereotypes. And then they are kind of kind of put into this category where they're like, move forward. Like, they just say anything that comes to their mind, and then they're thought of as rude and like, not uh, respectful towards people which that is definitely sometimes not the case. They're just trying to say, oh, this is wrong. And I'm saying you like, that is wrong. So you need to listen. I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, I'm just going to get rid. I'm not going to do that. Some people are like that. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say that's wrong. And that kind of like bothers some people. And they're like, oh, you're rude. You're not respectful. Hello, I'm just telling you that's wrong. And if you asked any reasonable person, they will also tell their about. So it's just that kind of stereotypes um, in the society. It's just, it has kind of very unknowingly imposed on you. You know, um, Big Bang Theory. I don't know if people have watched Big Bang Theory. I think it's a very, sorry. I think it's a very controversial show that people either really, really like or really, really hate. Like it's like two extremes. I loved it. I still do watch reruns of it again and again. So it's just a classic for me. And so in Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, who is, I would kind of group him as the main character, he is afraid of change. And in the first season, any kind of slightest of change would bother him so much and he would he would act like a baby. But change was brought to him so subtly, he went out of his comfort zone stepped out of his comfort zone so slightly in in a very steady manner that towards the end of it, if you compared how he was in season one to season twelve, he was so different. And he was okay with it. That's what people should be. They should be okay with change because change is something that just happens. It's a it's a universal constant, as people say, right? You change is a universal constant. You, there are times where you need to be okay with it. And to, in order to bring about that kind of change, you need to step out that comfort zone. And if you think, oh, I'm not going to do it, 
something or the other thing is going to happen in the future that will make you step out the comfort zone. Like, there will have no choice, but you will have to do it. Or sometimes you'll do it by your own will. But then something or the other thing will happen in the future. And you will end up changing. If not now, but in the future, you will end up changing. So it's better to kind of be familiar with that idea right now than, than be acquainted by it again in the future and get more shocked than you are right now. Yeah. There are many reasons we, we self-sabotage, and most of them have something to do with comfort. You know, modern society has convinced us that a good life is something that's comfortable or able to provide us with a sense of being pain-free, you know? Like, you are considered settled when everything in your life is set, you know? You don't have to... You're not worried about the future. That's what people kind of say that, oh, you're living a good life, you know? You have have a family, you have money, you have a job, you have a hobby, all of that stuff. Everything is set for you. That kind of no pain is what people strive for when they're working in their 20s. So that their 40s and 50s and their old ages become good. That kind of pain-free factor. But and it goes hand in hand with the fact that human beings are kind of hardwired into seeking comfort. You know, because we don't like discomfort for too long. If I might feel adrenaline filled at first, but then after a point we're like, oh, I need to go back home. Like, I need to go back to where they think they belong. You know? Emphasis on think. So sometimes it's about altering your mindset to, to focus on the discomfort. You know, that you're going to face if you don't do the thing that is in front of you. Rather than focusing on the comfort of being like, oh, I should do this thing. I should not do this thing. Focus on the discomfort. That you will face if you don't do the thing that's right in front of you. This, which will lead to overthinking. When you're focusing, it'll lead to overthinking, and that will make you indecisive and make you crazy and will provide resistance in turn. So we are good at self-sabotage. Because we are we do not like to step out of our comfort zones. We humans seek comfort. So as soon as we step out, we we sabotage ourselves. We're like, oh no, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. This will happen, that will happen, and we tend to create more problems than we actually meant to, or that we're actually meant to be. We just create more problems than that. And that just that just then fucks up with our mentality up here as well, because we're like, oh, I told you so. That's what happens. But that I told you just I told you so only happened because you self-sabotaged yourself by overthinking things. What I'm trying to say is that we humans tend to think about probably some of the nonsense of things that we're not usually meant to overthink, but that's just our nature. We need to be more accepting of change and stepping out of comfort zones. We love our routines. We can always step back into those routines, but being always stuck to that particular routine will stop us from experiencing the more better things you know when people say oh you need to experience more things you know you need to be out there that is only going to happen when you take when you get out of 
comfort zones. When you be accepting of change, and the step one to get out of comfort zone is to be okay with being in discomfort. It should not boost up your fear instincts and be like, "Oh, I'm scared." Instantly, no. You should try to be more comfortable in that in that discomfort that you feel. That's step one, and from there on, you can probably conquer the world. You can do that. That's just we are. We humans are left to fully unlock our potentials. We are just left to fully unlock our potentials, and we just constrain ourselves because we're like in so love in our comfort zones, and we're so love in the routine. Routines are good; they give you structure, but not always. You don't need a routine for everything. Excess of something is can be harmful, can be poisonous. So have a routine, not bad with it. But make it a kind of like a weekly habit or a daily habit to do something that you won't normally do, and see what happens. You know, you might you might learn something new. You might you might meet meet someone new. You know, you will find a great bond with them. So many unexpected things can happen, and you will not find that out unless you go out of your way. That's what I want to say. That's the if I had to summarize this, that's what I would say. Anyways, I think I think I would end today's podcast. Yeah, I love talking about it. I think I talked a lot today, and it was fun. It was fun. We went a little blabbering sometimes. We kind of talked something good. I love it. So I'm very very grateful that I have this platform to talk to you guys. And yeah, I think I think that's it. Hope you guys have a great rest of the day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye bye. Love ya.